make a deal with Netflix and you don't have money that comes into you forever. You get paid and then money 20% more or 30% more, but you that's it. It didn't come natural to me. There's so many things that I think about now I wish I had known when I was younger. What I believe resonates with people who are particularly now is content that has some sort of meaning to it. It's more than just pure entertainment. And so suddenly MTV was the only thing it seemed in the whole world and all of Hollywood and everybody else was taking their cues from this startup. I did not know a single writer when I became a writer. I think if you're trying to become a writer from someplace other than Los Angeles and New York, I still think that's really difficult. Welcome to Entertainment Business Wisdom with your host, Kaya Alexander. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Kaya Alexander, the host of the Entertainment Business Wisdom podcast. And I am so stoked today to get to drop in and spend a little time with one of my childhood friends, Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor runs Katie Taylor Casting in the entertainment business. And she's going to tell you about what she's doing now. And I'm so stoked to get to talk to her. It's our first time talking to a casting director too. So I think we're going to learn a lot. Katie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Kaya. And it's so great to see you. And so great to see you all, actually. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so just a little bit about me. I am primarily a commercial print and commercial casting director. Um, I also do a little bit of documentary film work. Um, as a, I started out in the entertainment industry in what we have termed real people casting, which is not that actors aren't real people too, but um, there are certain roles where we need someone that's a real firefighter or someone that's a real nurse or they're a real teacher or they're a real dog groomer or you know whatever it is we're looking for. They need them to actually have authentic skills. And um, I had grown up in Los Angeles in the Pacific Palisades, which is how I knew Kaya. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that house. Yes. And are your parents still there? They are not. They're in Mar Vista. And my whole family's moved to Mar Vista. Oh my God. And the Palisades is very different now. It's like a small Beverly Hills. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not the mom and pop town that we grew not up in. the same fun little hippie town it was when we were kids. Um, <laughs> But so I actually grew up um, thinking I was going to be um, a teacher. I went to school to become, you know, I got an, a degree in early childhood education. And I segued a little bit into anthropology when I was studying because I found people so fascinating and I found culture so fascinating and, you know, just people that were different than me. And I just found like people to be these walking pieces of art, really, because they had so many choices and they picked so many different things, you know what I mean? And it was so dependent upon where you were born into and, and the different, you know, access you had. Um, and so it was really humans were just interesting to me. And I ended up going into teaching just because I found children to be that purest, most beautiful form of humanity. And what I found, though, as parents do and can reflect on this, is that it's a very monotonous and small world um, just dealing with children all day. And so to kind of stimulate my 
adulthood and stopped singing the wheels on the bus every day, I went <laughs> and started indulging in one of my childhood hobbies, which I don't know if you remember, Kaya, was gymnastics. I was a gymnast as a kid. And yeah, I do remember that about you. And as many of you may know about gymnastics, if you don't make it by, you know, 11, you know, into the Olympics, you're <laughs> your career is over. So, you know, once I hit puberty, I was like, you know what, boys are more fun and social life is more fun. I'm, I'm, you know, out. But as an adult, I was like, Hey, well, what are, what are adult gymnasts doing now? And I started going to those open gym nights that certain colleges and certain gyms have where they just like, let you use the equipment. If you're a you know, safe gymnasts. They kind of oh, test. that's crazy! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they kind of test you to make sure you're not like crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you would, don't break your neck on our equipment. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they'd make sure that you're not <laughs> wildly because there are a few people. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, and they go and they couldn't use the equipment, so oh, they wanted thing to make sure you were safe. And um, they that sounds like that needs to be in an episode of something, though. <laughs> um, but so. I went to these open gym nights and most of the people that were going to these were um, stunt people. They were in the entertainment industry or in there, they were there to train. And some of them were doing stuff that was not traditional gymnastics. They were like learning pratfalls. Pratfalls. Oh yeah. That's so great. <laughs> like, Ooh, this is not preschool. Like, this <laughs> exciting. you know, like I started to kind of, immerse myself in that social scene as well, which involved tagging along to, you know, the stuntman's backyard where he's got a trampoline and he's got rigs and he's got an air ram and he's got ratchets. And he, and it like, I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe people make money doing this. This is amazing. Oh. Was this around the era where you were slack rope walking? Yes. I remember running yes. into you in Venice and you got your slack rope, rope up. No one had ever heard of it before unless you're in the circus and Katie's out there killing it. I was always afraid I was going to break my neck on that thing. A few times you put me up on it and tried it. I was like, this is not for me, but you are such a badass at it. So that is exactly what transitioned into that. And you know, after a few years in the stunt business, as you can imagine, you eventually kind of, you get injured a few times. And there was one year where I just had those back-to-back -back injuries on mm. my ankles where I was like hobbled pretty much, you know, from like babying one injury and favoring the other leg and hurting that one. But this, um, this picks me up at the era where you were like, I'm going to be a stunt car driver. That I, was I when that too. you I, did do it because that was one of the times I was talking to you. You're like, this is what I'm going to do. And I was like, Katie is the baddest ass lady I've ever known in my life. I just thought you're the coolest thing you ever. To, you have to come like full circle. You have to be a very well-rounded performer. You're supposed to be like this Swiss army knife where they hire you and they're like, can you do this? And you're like, yeah, I'm certified. <laughs> So, yeah, I went to, I went to the motion picture driving academy, call, call Richard, you know, Rick and ask him, you know, if I've trained or whatever it was, you had to like be able to pull card. And so you can't just go into it and be like, I'm a gymnast. You're like, oh yeah, do you, know how to hit? you know, can you be hit by a car? So you had to be like ready. And obviously I wasn't ready. I was 23, I got hurt. So, <laughs> there are people that have been doing it a lot longer than me, but it led me into casting. Like I had met, you know, casting people through, you know, working that scene and, 
and I took a job in real people casting just in the office because I couldn't go anywhere. And it was my job to research. Like we're looking for BMXers, real BMXers. You know, they have to really be able to do backflip. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so it was like calling all the tracks and calling all the bike shops. And like, you know, this is before the internet. This is when I had like the phone book. (laughs) <laughs> the giant I, LA I, phone I book that like we all use to prop up something in our houses yeah. <laughs> I had to type my long out on a typewriter you know what I mean and so I because I had done a lot of time in this stunt industry I knew all the BMXers I knew the cowboys like I knew and a lot of those people don't have agents because the coordinators know them or the coordinators go straight to the ranch or they go straight to the track you know like they do the same thing I do kind of um, but for advertising, it's just incorporated. Like, we need a mom and a baby, and we need a BMXer. You know what I mean? So it, it <laughs> has to still be that Swiss Army knife in a different direction. You're like a recruiter. And I, I got kind of a permanent place in that casting office for a couple of years, strictly just because I knew so many diverse levels and, you know, industries of people. And so... Uh, Eventually I left and was like, okay, I guess this is, you know, what I'm doing now. And I started my own company and that was like 20 years ago. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh my God, time. Where does it go? That's so yeah. crazy. So this is all I've been doing since, you know, and I've, I had, I've had a family since then through it all. And, uh, you know, I had, I, I dipped my kids into it when they were like infants because I was like, they can work for 20 minutes. Like, let's, let's get some Super Bowl commercials, you know, <laughs> you know, and they pay for that college. Yeah. yeah. We're going to, we're going to cash in on this. You know, like this is a lottery ticket. We're going to play, you know, and they each played for, you know, when they were infants and they each got a little college fund started. And then that was it. I, you know, it was like, you're done. You're a kid now. You can be a child now. <laughs> now that you're not a working yeah. baby. <laughs> professionally trained to do this as an adult. Like I'm so into it. That's so interesting. Tell me about growing your company. I really admire that you're a woman entrepreneur. You start this company. Um, what were the what were those early growing pains like? You know, you're working your Rolodex. You know a lot of people, but there you are starting your own company. I want to hear about that. It was hard. I have to say, it was not easy. It took a lot of like trusting the process and like knowing that you're doing it right and that you just have to push through it. Like the time just has to pass because you see it, you see it going, you know, it's just slow. And in the beginning it's made and flatter, you know what I mean? But, but eventually you get a couple of those little jumps and things kind of take off for you. And it's about doing things like freebies, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll do that independent film or yeah, I'll help build your reel on this random project you know, that I, you know, I have faith in because it's cool. Like, and I, you look like you know what you're doing. Your reel is amazing. 
like, let's do it, you know? And then, then it actually works out and because something and they end up, you know, bringing you along for the ride. Some of them, you know, get, go straight to the top and get access to, you know, the, the lay of the land. But most of the time, you know, you get passed around and you just have to like, really do good work and be committed to doing a good job, not just like getting rich. Because people really see people that are committed to like a craft because they want to do well. They want to do their job well, not just like doing the job to get the fee. You know what I mean? We're not just flipping burgers here. Like there is a craft to you know, creative jobs. And so I think that people really recognize when someone's like, wow, they're, they're into their job. Like they're into knowing how to do it right. And like, they know the nuances. Like, I didn't even think of that. You know what I mean? And that's something that I feel like really allowed my business to grow quickly because that was the overwhelming kind of feedback that people were like, wow, I heard you like, you're like a dog with a bone. You're going to go find that, you know, person. <laughs> like I heard you can find anyone. <laughs> so so cool. that really helped, you know, me grow. And I think that's, you know, that's hard because you don't always love all the parts of your job. You know what I mean? Like every part of it isn't easy. And it, a lot of times it is thankless. But if you really kind of know and where the gems are and where to really relish in the parts of the craft that you enjoy, whatever that is, I think that allows you to push through and, and see the longevity in it and see that all you've got to do is trust the process kind of thing. You know what I mean? I mean, you hear that as a cliche all the time, but it's very true. I found it really, really true. Everything that you're sharing is also such great advice for above the line talent, for creatives. Um, and you're talking about the business side, but I feel like everything you're sharing is really valuable for creatives to hear too, because it's all about, you know, doing your job, doing your job well. And then the word of mouth about you becomes how committed and dedicated and awesome you are. Um, so I'd love for you to share more about your tips for talent, for actors, uh, for anyone breaking into the industry, because you've been in it for a long time. You know, I think if you really do, you know, treat it like a business, you have to really go into it with the same kind of angle as you would, you know, any other business, you know, like you've got to, you've got to run your numbers. You know, I think that you, you've got to look at your, what you have, you know, your physicality. I've seen people enter into this business and completely change their appearance based on their face shape based on their age, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of women that come into the industry having, you know, in their fifties, you know, having dyed their hair their whole life and realizing, you know what? The in thing here is to grow out my silver hair. Like I would kill it in the game if I just did that. And then it like, you know, trying before that for a while and not doing well, and then having that epiphany and having their career explode. You know what I mean? So I think it's about really seeing what you have to bring to the table and, and seeing what the industry trends are and really trying to merge that in a way that's, that's advantageous. I think it's very difficult to come into the industry with like an agenda. You know what I mean? To be like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to change that. I think if you come into it and be like, I'm going to work 
the way this works. You know what I mean? And I'm going to, I'm going to one up, I'm going to think one step ahead of the way this is going. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to check the logistics on this and I'm going to look at the reviewed studies on that and really kind of treat it like a business. I think there's a way the people that I see do that, they're just unstoppable. They really are. And so I think that if you really study the craft, study where, what arena you feel like you could really make a career in and could be happy doing it, I think that people's trajectory might change a little. You know what I mean? I, th I think that people don't realize there are commercials out there where you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and book, you know, two or three jobs. Wait, you got to say more about that. Yeah, everybody just leaned in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas like you can book, a, you can book huge movies and, and make, you know, $10,000, you know, and I've worked for, you know, two months. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I think that if people jump in and they kind of really, really educate themselves about the areas of the industry and what do what, and what what gets you what then you really get an idea of like you know what fine I'll do that and I'll cut my hair short and dye it red and wear glasses <laughs> because that seems to be a place I can completely kill it you know whatever it is um so I think that's kind of the best overall advice I would give you know to jumping into it is to just if you really really take it seriously there are a lot of people that just kind of willy-nilly like I'm just gonna try it out I'm just gonna get a headshot I'm just gonna put myself on casting networks and submit for a few things and see how it goes the, the risk in that is that you really only get a couple times to make a real first impression about who you are and what you do and how seriously you take this. So you go out of the gate and you make a bunch of mistakes. You might not get an opportunity again for a long time. So, you know, that that's the serious part of things, you know, is that you really you want to take it seriously. You want to come out of the gate educated and strong on your game so that they're like, who the heck? Where? excuse me, do you, do you have an agent? Can I help you? I've done that a million times where I've just been like, where, where did your amazing unicorn ass come from? You know, like, can I put you somewhere where I can find you again? Like, if you, <laughs> you know, I, I do that all the time. I do it selfishly because I'm like, I, I'm going to need you again, <laughs> you know? So, you know, what makes you feel that way about someone who's talented? What do you see in them that makes you go, oh my God, I need to be able to book you again? That's, I swear there's, there's something to a person that's so bold in their convictions about who they are and what they like. And it may not even, it may not be mainstream, whether it be the music they love or the, the job they have, or just, there's just something that you learn about what sells in this industry that is hard to bottle or write down. That's just like this magic. It's just like, someone's got to write something for you. Like you are everything that people look for, you know? And it, it isn't, as I said, it isn't something I can even describe. You know, you, you're inspired those by those characters every day, you know, in TV and movies and commercials where you're like, wow, oh, 
I didn't even know mountain unicycling was a thing. Like, wow, you know, like humanity is incredible. <laughs> you know? There's your anthropology showing yeah. up. <laughs> no? So, I, you know, I think, you know, there's ways to elevate that. I mean, gosh, I just learned about this guy the other day that we put in a big print ad for, you know, a, a new country. I didn't even know they're making new countries. Did you know <laughs> <laughs> for the new country needed a print ad yeah. <laughs> what i gotta know the name of the country now i'm gonna go look it yeah, up I'll, I'll tell you up what <laughs> <laughs> but this new country you know they've got a, a ski mountain i guess and we they were like we need a really amazing skier and we hired this guy that does like cliff diving skiing like he skis and then he jumps off the cliff ditches the skis and like deploys a parachute and like floats down like a wingsuit or a parachute or he, or he does wings he does like a flight suit first and then flies down the mountain for a while and deploys it you know like again I didn't even know that existed here I am like almost 50 years old like those are the kinds of things, again, you have to find joy in, in your job, whatever it might be. You know what I mean? And so this is, this is it for me. And I, and I love watching people win. I think that's another big, you know, kick for me is, is giving people those amazing once in a lifetime experiences um, that just, you know, highlight their specialness, you know, whatever that might be, you know, their amazing humanity. The, you know, this crazy choice they've made. I, had, I, should, I should stop saying the word crazy. I think that's not a good way. I'm going to take that word out of my vocabulary. <laughs> all it's, right. That's it's all right. wild. It's just, it's one of the most, you know, kind of edge pushing, you know, things that, that you can experience, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, it gives us a window into those into those worlds. I mean, I'm a writer. And there's a lot of writers who always find me in the entertainment business school. And I think that's also, a, you have to have an ex exploration spirit, uh, be an explorer in order to penetrate the world and go do that kind of research and find out what's happening. And um, if you haven't seen it before, there is a, a wingsuit dive point uh, just off of Chamonix in France. And there's a woman there who, her name is Geraldine something, and she dives in a pink wing, wingsuit. And it is really spectacular to see a woman diving off of a mountain uh, in a pink wingsuit. <laughs> I'm dying to put that image in a movie. I'm like, this has got to happen. It's just so cool. So cool. So tell me about um, you now in your business. You, you have your thumb on the pulse of a lot of trends also. And I'd love to talk to you about what we've been seeing, like especially since Black Lives Matter. What kind of trends are you seeing happening? Are we, are we booking more diversity? Are you seeing it happen? You know, I've seen, thankfully, and something that I have seen for a long time is that the advertising industry tends to lead a lot in um, other platforms of media. They tend to push the envelope sooner, faster. That was especially true for women who have real bodies, right? Where we're seeing real women on screen and, and ads did it first, you know, ads did it 10 years before. And I think we're even still struggling to get the movie business to put anybody, you know, any woman in movies who's not just a size four. It's like, so absolutely, you know, prevalent. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, when I started also in the industry, you know, there was a lot of really, um, you know, 
sex specific advertising. They marketed a lot to women um, for, you know, things like cleaning products and, and household items. And that was the very first shift that I saw was that them starting to be a little bit more, um, you know, sex neutral on that matter. And I also saw that after that, I think the biggest trend that happened was um, mixed race couples was the very first thing that I saw um, them them pushing towards, which I was ecstatic, finally. And after that, it was um, LGBTQ. And after that, it was um, more um, physical differences, you know, whether it be different abilities or, you know, limb differences or, you know, they would even do... Um, families that included children with Down syndrome, things like that. Um, and then all of a sudden there was a big explosion in the real category, you know, like real people category, when there was a union strike where it was kind of forced. Um, there was a big union strike and it went from doing primarily actors in advertising and in, in commercials um, to doing non-union because there was a strike. And that forced writers to write more real content, looking for real families, real, you know, again, firemen and nurses, we did that so much, um, you know, real artists, whatever it was, it, they jumped into the more, you know, um, documentary field. Um, and then they found that to be quite successful and quite, you know, accessible as well. Um, and so after the strike ended, they continued with that a while. And the shift has slowly pulled from that, from the majority of SAG. We did like 85 to 90% SAG commercials before that strike. And now it's like the exact opposite today. We see, you know, about 80% non-union and a very small percentage union. Um, so that's been like one of the most dramatic shifts I've seen happen in this industry in terms of access for actors as well. I know that's transitioning to a whole other subject matter, but just witnessing that happen um, has has definitely changed, you know, my job a lot. That's interesting. Are you seeing more BIPOC get cast, you know, in ads and elsewhere? Yeah, and well, I always, I have for a while. Um, if you look at my Instagram, I have very few um, Caucasian people in the majority of my advertising. So thankfully, it, it's been that way for a very long time, though I have seen um, advertising kind of tokenize it quite a bit after um, the Black Lives Matter movement, I have to say, where it's it. I think there are people that have been legitimately trying to incorporate it. Um, and then there has been organizations that very much have, you know, tokenized the, the, the movement and now all of a sudden kind of claim that they're this kind of diverse entity when, when they've really kind of exploited the movement. The optics for the optics. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have to, I have to call it where I see it. Um, so that's definitely something that, uh, has been hard to navigate. I'll, I'll say that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of advice do you have for actors? Because those who are SAG, those who are non-union yet, um, where do you think that they should get their foot in the door? Um, I think the very thing, first thing they should do is probably invest in some really good training. I think that they should do the homework on, you know, who, who's the best in, the, in their game and who do they train with? The acting coaches. 
not yeah, but not best in the game. Like, hey, let's go to you know, you know, Brad Pitt's trainer. You know what I mean? I just mean like, you know, if you're going to go into TV or if you're going to go into commercials, you know, look who who are getting all the guest stars right now. Like, who who's who's in who has traction and is the up and comer? And where did they train? Who trained them? Who do they work with? What are the choices they made? You know, you know, look at a few people in your category that have done that and done what you want and see what steps they took, you know, steal from the best. Yeah, <laughs> steal from the best. I mean, you're talking lineage and uh, Brad Pitt's teacher was Roy London, who is also <laughs> Gary Shandling's teacher. And I, I worked with Gary for a couple of years and, and nobody's really heard of Roy London, but then he trained. Gina Davis and Brad Pitt and Gary Shandling and Sharon Stone. And when you look at the impact on the actors that he had and the kinds of actors who came out of working with him, they are the face, they were for a long time, they're all the face of the industry. And that kind of teaching um, will change your life. It can be super powerful. I remember there's a story about him telling Sharon Stone, who Sharon was upset she wasn't really booking as many jobs as she wanted to. And she talks about this in her book. And he said, listen, you have to embrace the fact that you're not. Um, you're not going to be the face of apple pie here. You know, you're not the girl next door. You got to really be who you really are. And you were touching on that a little bit too, that like, you know, for example, the woman that you shared who might, you know, grow out her gray or whatever it is, how can you embrace who you really are and come into that congruence with your, how you come across so that you actually are booking the types of jobs that you're good for. You may have to embrace the fact that you're booking, you know, roles as a villain or whatever it might be for somebody, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's funny that you say that because I just worked with an actor that that's all he plays is villains. And he's the most kind hearted, you know, God fearing Christian you'd ever met in your life. <laughs> and it's just the complete juxtaposition of who he is in real life. But he's made a complete career out of doing nothing but playing the bad guy. You know, just because of the way he looks, he's like, all right, I'm going to treat this as a business. And, and, and you know, make my career doing what what's easy for for me to do he's leaning into it he's pointing his skis downhill he's going for it <laughs> you know and then in his real life he has a christian band you know and and that lives his life you know freely in his you know the rest of his life as his own true self so i think there's a way you can be both you know that you don't have to be your true self you know in on camera i think that I know it sounds awful, but it's like, you got to work it. You got to milk it. You know what I mean? You got to be like, all right, you know what? This is, this is how I can sell it. This is how I can make this the most money and be happy doing this. If I'm going to jump in, I got to jump in where I, where, where they'll sell it. You know, you have to kind of think about this as like your product, right? You're in sales yeah. and, it, and it, it happens to be yourself. If you're an actor, I mean, if you're a writer, you're writing scripts, right? You're in, you're selling your scripts and if you're directing your selling your skill set to the film to the to the feature or to the tv show to get stuff made and rinse repeat you know you've got to keep going exactly so like you you sell where you will be bought <laughs> you know? and you know that might not necessarily be you know your cup of tea in the beginning but i'll tell you if you can jump into it and and be Find the gems, as I said, and find find about it what you can that brings you joy. I think 
you know, there's a place for everybody that might be where you least expect it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I fell in love with a man that lights cars for a living. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. He doesn't want to light anything else. When it's a people job, he goes, oh. you know, because he love like, you got to love what you do, you know? And, and when you love what you do and you find joy in what you do, I think no matter whether they pay you or not, you can't mm. ever be poor. You know what I mean? You never will be. So interesting and the, the joy that really translates and comes across it's it's kind of rare I think true happiness is really rare but we can in moments and pockets focus on what makes us happy what brings us joy and then that gets illuminated for others who are who see that spark and go oh I want I want to be part of that you know and then and then there's a, a, circ, a virtuous circle right that's created totally that's so interesting um, tell me more about your, where your business is going. What's happening for you now? Well, I've started more and more documentary work. That's something that um, I find really interesting and different. And Like features? Uh, what's that? Like documentary features? Tell me more about what yeah, you mean by that. Documentary oh. features work. You know, I, um, I worked on a film. You know, I always start, it always starts from advertising. I, I worked for an advertising director who said, hey, you know what? I want to, I have this labor of love. I want to, I want to do this film. Um, would you be willing to help me? Um, you know, and how much would you charge? <laughs> you know, I gave him the lowest bit, you know, I was like, I'll, you know, I'll give it you for a dollar. You know what I mean? Basically. And I worked on it, you know, for a while and it became a pretty amazing film that came out and um, is about Instagram. It's called Social Animals, and it follows the stories of three uh, three young people that all had different stories to tell and different perspectives on how Instagram had changed their life for the good, for the bad, how it affected them, the journeys they went on. It's it's a it's a pretty amazing impactful film. I brought my mother to the premiere, <laughs> who doesn't even really usually watch films because I I thought like hey this is this is an important movie to learn about from our generation's perspective and especially as a parent you know, um, and from that um, it was that film has been used multiple times as source work for other documentaries just because of the styling of it also the format um, it has uh, not only these characters but it kind of has this chorus of other teenagers that chime in with their opinions and quotes and little sound bites here and there and um, uh, another film contacted me and asked me if I would you know, they found me on the resume of this and would I be willing to work on a film with them? You know, it was a, for a fairly big organization and I, I've been working on that for the last month. So are, it's, you, are you producing? I am not. I'm casting the film. And you're casting the film. Yeah. No, are you kidding me? It's for a very, <laughs> it's for a very large news organization <laughs> that I feel very, very lucky to be working with. Um, but Again, that all came from something that was just, <laughs> that I could have said no to, let's just say that, you know what I mean? And so that's one of the other big pieces of advice I would say is say yes, just say yes. You know, like you never know where it could lead. 
you know, and I, I'm definitely proof of that. Oh, I love that. You're actually, you're actually echoing um, Carson Cressley, who has been on the show and his big thing was say yes to everything. Yeah. I agree with him very much. So it, it's hard, you know, but I, I think that I think that's definitely the key to moving forward and growth and, and new experiences and finding, you know, people that really gravitate towards the same motives and morals and objectives. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's how you find your people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's talk about your people. Cause that's one of the principles that I teach and really the core philosophy of the entertainment business school is find your wolf pack. You've got to have your wolf pack because lone wolves starve in this industry. So tell us about your wolf pack and the types of people who you work with again and again and what what you guys all have in common. Um, I think the overwhelming body bottom line is that the the vast majority of them, when it comes really down to it, they're all really, really good people. You know what I mean? I, I grew up when I got into this biz, there was a lot of mean people. There was a lot of people that thought that that was the way to get ahead was to be cutthroat, to be intolerant, to demand perfection, to accept nothing less, and to belittle those that work for you and to shame them into submission. Um, it was kind of like this, you know, you were scared of them and you wanted to do well so that you didn't get yelled at, not because you wanted them to be proud of you. You know what I mean? It was like, avoid getting yelled at. <laughs> Don't traumatize me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I remember thinking, you know, while I was working through this, God, if I ever become the boss, I'm never going to be like that. Never, ever, no matter how no matter how badly someone screws up, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, I get how hard that is because you're kind of indoctrinated and you're kind of imprinted into the industry and you have to fight against every single nerve in your attention span from reacting that way. If that's how you learned, you know what I mean? But thankfully, that's been the biggest change I've seen is that the people that are kind and and that are just good people, you know what I mean? They treat their crews well, they pay people fairly, they don't overwork them, you know, they appreciate, you know, the nuances of each person's job. It isn't just a clock in, clock out, hurry up, give me, let's get this over with. It, it's people that like really love what they're doing, that are all together. Um, that I've noticed is the overwhelming bottom line of, of the people that have been around for as long as I have that are still part of, you know, my tribe, my wolf pack. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It, it's good to hear you talk about that trend, you know, hopefully being here to stay because as you know, and it was such a long time ago as a teenager, my first job, not in the industry, but for someone famous in the industry was I was working for Jerry Weintraub. And um, here's Tyrant. And he was terrifying. And I was running his horse barn. I was, you know, exercising 11 horses on his property in Malibu. And you just never knew when the hurricane was going to come down the hill and he was going to blow through the barn. And he, it was it was traumatic and it was terrifying when he would go on a rampage. I don't know what else to call it aside from a rampage. And I left that position. I left that job 
um, just really terrified. Reminded me of my upbringing. I had a really difficult father. And, you know, I was like, if this is the movie business, I don't want anything to do with it ever. I don't care how much money you have. If you're a horrible human being, I don't want to be around you. Um, and some of his friends who would come riding with us were the kindest, nicest, most awesome people. Um, Henry Winkler came with his kids and like, what a sweetheart. His kids were so glorious. And he just had the biggest heart of gold. Um, and it was like hard to navigate those waters of like, who's nice, who's not. And there was such a big spread of that in the entertainment business. Cause it's just such a high stress, you know, high risk, high reward business. It is. Yeah, I remember you having that job. I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. I know that was crazy. Was high school with his kids. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had no idea. Wow. You know, it was a long time ago, and I would like to hope that the industry is changing and that there is graciousness uh, amongst people more now. And I think my favorite people in the industry are always the gracious ones. You know, even we interviewed Mike Medavoy here, who's been in the industry now pushing on 60 years. Uh, and what a gracious soul, kind hearted, you know, generous gives to others, gives people their opportunity to shine. Um, and I, it's nice to see that the industry is maybe going more that direction toward inclusion, toward diversity, uh, toward being more open minded and even kind. You can get the job done with kindness. I mean, that is a concept for this for this business. Absolutely. Thankfully. So what do you like? What do you watch in your downtime? What are you watching right now that you're enjoying? Oh gosh, funny you ask. I just binged two shows last week uh, in between jobs. Um, I watched The Tinder Swindler. Oh, that's like on my list right now. Is it good? It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, just the story itself. I, again, for, I'm in it for the humans. You know what I mean? Just the fact that this is a person that went out there and did this and actually pulled it off is like. <laughs> Jaw dropping. It's huh? mind blowing to me. It's just. Oh. And then the other one, which was on the same kind of path, which was the um, inventing Anna. I'm watching it right now. It's uh, again, just, I, it just. Wow. Just humans. Are I love the true stories too. And I'm always drawn more and more toward that. My producing partner is Scott Gardenauer and we're, you know, always looking for those amazing true stories. I especially love women from history. And I feel like the older I get, the more I lean into what is the truth of this world and what really actually happened. And even though I'm a novelist, I'm even, I don't even read fiction hardly. I'll read the Pulitzer every year, but that's about it. You know, I'm mostly reading memoirs and watching documentaries and going, how are people really? And I especially love memoirs wherein you, you see a piece of the world from a perspective you might not have uh, seen before. Mm -hmm. Are you a reader? I have not been recently. I've have not been recently. Yeah. We have a lot, we, we have so much time, us moms who also run businesses. We have all this excess of time <laughs> to read at, you know, five o'clock in the morning when we wake up. <laughs> yeah, 
No, I hadn't watched TV in a very long time. I have to say that was the first thing besides, you know, my children's programming. <laughs> Encanto has been the most recent. On oh, yeah. My son watched that. He really loved it. He's been singing the songs and um, I hear him in the bath singing all the songs from Encanto. And it's just like the sweetest thing. It's pretty fabulous, I have to say. That's <laughs> so great. Well, Katie, I want to thank you for being such an awesome special guest. So great to get a chance to connect with you and drop back in. Do you want to share for a moment how people can find you if uh, they're looking like where your Insta is and things like that? Yeah, you know, Taylor Casting on Instagram is the best place uh, to find me. I'm occasionally also on Clubhouse. You can always chime in there. I regularly try to make a room on Monday nights. It's Casting Conversations which is a group of casting directors all over the United States that all get together and just round table about certain subjects or we take questions, we talk different subject matters about the industry. Um, so it's a really great perspective of all over the United States. Everyone's, you know, New York, Florida, Georgia, Chicago. There's even a couple of people in Canada, which has been amazing. Um, so you can always find me there. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm not too much online. So just... Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. It's great opportunities for people to get to go learn more from you. All right. Well, thanks for being an awesome special guest. And uh, everybody who's been listening, I'm so glad that you're with us. And you can always find me too, especially during open enrollments for the Entertainment Business School at entertainmentbusinessschool.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Entertainment Business Wisdom. We invite you to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Please like, review, and share it with your friends and colleagues. Kaya Alexander can be reached on Twitter for your questions or comments at This Is Kaya. Get entertainment business career training as well as a free special report How to Pitch Anything in One Minute at www.entertainmentbusinessleague.com. Thank you.